Hello. Ah, uh, damn it! I thought I fixed it. Prick. That lovely. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done my vocal warm ups this morning. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? Perfect. Ah, good morning. Blink, blink. Yeah, morning. Morning. How are you? It's interesting that the time changes have shifted us way closer to us both being morning. Like I'm at 11 a.m. And it used to be, I swear when we started this, we were, I was doing it at 1 p.m. Yeah. And somehow our time shifts have. So they have. Been gaslit. <laughs> it's all a ploy. Mm. How is your morning? So it's for your, what Good. day is it? I'm confused. What day, what day is it? It's Thursday, December 8th. At 11.04 a.m. Thank you. How are things for you? Uh, yeah, good. Good. I just had jobs I shouldn't have said yes to that I had to finish. Mm-hmm. Kind of old school sure. gem. Terrible time management. Making parts at the last minute. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah. That's why you have two-week windows, so you can have you know, a week and a half to do nothing, and then... Exactly. Three days to freak out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly what happened. Yeah. What's happening there? We've been in kind of a crunch mode of we're going to install the first ATC pedestal tomorrow on a customer's machine, and I'm going to go do it. Yeah, right. Kind of like test slash learn the process of like it's local enough that I can go there and try it out. So we've been, it's amazing when you go from prototype which felt like it was basically done in regard to like the versions we've been making for ourselves to trying to make it finished finished and all the weird little things that crop up of just i don't know everything you don't think you that you figured out and now haven't and just yeah updating design to cam to running on the machine so had a good week of making with the mill where the first time ever Ricky has jumped in and helped run cycles. So that was really great. He's, he was stoked to help and I was trying to get a bunch of other stuff done and he, I showed him all the steps to like, here's how you real, you know, take the pallet off, put new parts on, start it again. And that went great. And so it all of a sudden went from feeling like I'm the only one to run it to like, Oh, we could run a hundred more of those parts pretty quick. Cool. Big load off. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, three months ago probably. And good for Ricky too, right? Learning a new yeah. new tool. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I think it's. I mean, like you said, the control interface is very intimidating. Coming from basically a yeah <laughs> a very simple controller in WinCNC that's all on a Windows PC where the amount of options you have are like six maybe mm-hmm. of things you can do really, you know, you can type cut in, but to like, there are just so many buttons. I, I'm sure other yeah. controls have a lot more, but yeah. Yeah. I've always been struck by how many buttons there are on, are on mills. <laughs> Excuse me. I've got a fly situation. So you had some challenges with the, with the, that <laughs> off. Swatting flies. Jim has grabbed a Nerf gun from the threadboard to stalk it's his like you prey. turned into a, a, a cat real quick. Hold on. Uh, hold on. <laughs> okay. I'm you back. had some challenges with the pencil sharpener, it seems. Oh, yeah, we did. 
Oh, I'm waiting for a ball screw to arrive in the post today. So I can slide that back in. Yeah, we just had the, whatever the bit is called, the bearing nut. Mm-hmm. The bit that makes it go in the middle just sees up. When John noticed it was dropping, but he'd had a couple of weird crashes seemingly on nothing. Then noticed ball bearings falling out of something. So we... I went digging and found, yeah, like once I'd sort of stripped it and pulled it apart and pulled this ball screw, it's really short, like 250 mil ball screw out of the machine, pulled it apart. It was missing like most of its bearings. I just come out somehow. Why? Why did this happen? I don't know. Crashes? No, it's on the y-axis, so it gets a lot of wiggle, 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 a lot of use. Oh. And look, they're, they're pretty cheap. You know, imported ball screws, so they're not not fancy ones. I looked up the Japanese like NSK equivalent. Mm. It's like you can buy one on eBay for fifteen dollars. <laughs> like <laughs> the NSK, the NSK one was about seven hundred. Oh, so boy! We ordered, we ordered something in between those two. Yeah, and, but it was good just to get my hands dirty, like. I've always been a bit intimidated by ball screws. I've never played with them or had to maintain them or built a machine with them. So, like, I've never they've been a bit of a dark art. So it was nice to just, yeah. like, be forced to strip the machine down sure. and or- pull one out and fiddle with it and hopefully fit a new one yeah. this weekend. Mm. Uh, but it has put us in a bit of a pickle with production because we had so, like, yeah. Last two weeks of production coming up for the year and a lot of orders that rely on the old pencil sharpener. Is there any backup solution anymore? Yeah, look, we've still got the chuck on the multicam so we can go back to one at a time if we have to. Yep. We're, not de- we're not desperate enough to set that up yet, just yet, but <laughs> it might come to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's a gentleman under the name Odyssey CNC on Instagram, I'll link who is mm. making his own new type of machine mm. that it's basically looks like a dedicated, imagine like a Shapoko maybe, but he's kind of like upgraded a better version with a seemingly decent spindle with a, with a lathe. I'll send it to you. Or maybe you just consider it like a fourth axis machine. I don't know that, the, yeah, I, I don't think it would probably work for you. It, yeah, well. it, I was thinking as you were saying that, I was like, I wonder if this would be a good backup type machine or this like a, a one-offs or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Like an A-axis. Yeah. Oh, like quite custom, narrow. Uh-huh. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a CNC little lathe, right? For making for little that swords. That kind of thing instead of yeah, lots of swords. Yeah, they look pretty interesting. That's got to rattle your sensibility about the reliability of the machine a little bit or like just not knowing what happened or do you just go ah we'll just replace that part every once in a while yeah the, the latter it's just like it's just <laughs> the ball screws are so cheap okay. relatively okay. speaking i think we could probably just keep a backup set on hand i um, see yeah i think i called john okay. who built the machine when we we're trying to diagnose it and as soon as i described what was happening he was like oh yeah ball screw 100 percent." he said when he first got the first set shipped to him as he was building the machine he said one of them arrived was like dead on arrival like it was already crap hmm. 
had to have that replaced. Interesting. So I think that's just, you know, cheap hardware. So we could go down the route of replacing all the ball screws with, you know, these $700 equivalents, but... It's the bearing, though, right, that's more the problem? Or is the ball yeah, screw causing it to fail? Full, it's a full assembly. Like, they seem to come oh. as the screw with the I nut see. on them. And John okay. said, D- don't take the nut off the ball screw because it's, you know, you lose ball bearings or it's right How do you get all those bearings back? Yeah. So I think, yeah, we'll just have some backup plans in terms of having those in stock or knowing now how quickly we can get them. Yeah. yeah. I'm not too worried. I'm more interested in a second pencil sharpener at some stage, I think. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> having having redundancy in a second machine would be lovely. Uh, but, that would be nice. Mm, we had a few Have machine your... breakdowns this week. We had our oscillating, the... oscillating knife stopped working. Oh, I think last week it was down when we were chatting. And we had a technician come on Friday and serviced both machines <laughs> and fixed the knife. And then got back in Monday and cut. John was cutting packaging in the morning, and then the knife went down again a few hours later. And I, I'm not a hundred percent that this is what happened, but it sounded like someone just didn't do up a grub screw when they were servicing the machines, and we lost this tiny little brass bushing that like rides and controls the direction of the oscillating knife. And John was on the phone to them for a while, and they couldn't get a part to us quickly. And this part was just missing in action. Like John was looking for it everywhere. Couldn't find it. He ended up printing one. And that worked. Whoa. So just, they, they sent him a photo of the part. And it's just a tiny little like custom washer that slotted up and had one critical dimension. So John printed one, got the machine back online himself. And then <laughs> literally like I was out on the floor and I was chatting to him. I was like, oh, is it working? And we're looking at it. And he was kind of describing how it had worked. And we saw this little brass nut just fall out of the gantry onto the cardboard as it was machining. Like, John had been looking for this for all morning, and it just appeared out of the machine. Just <laughs> Wow. That's wild. It's, it's crazy that everything comes down to something like that, you know? I know. <laughs> that the final detail is one stupid small screw. Yeah, a two-cent part or something. Mm. Nah. But yeah, printer for the win. That was cool. I've been printing a bit this week. Yeah. It's been fun. Like so it. you made some drill guide too. Yeah. It's a little temporary drill guides, like not with any internal bushing. I haven't sorted out a good solution for that. What do you what sort of part do you use for the bushings? Oh it's a steel they're designed for that, and then you can get different types that are either press fit or heat pressed fit. Mm. We need to adapt or change ours a little bit again, but it has worked pretty well. It's not like perfect, but it makes it kind of like a hand drill operation versus like some kind of insane drill press fixture that would have to be mm. dialed in. And they don't have to be, we've kind of made it so with the dust boot part so that it's not, it doesn't need to be like absolutely perfectly accurate because all it's doing is catching a nut that pulls yeah. so you just kind of got it get it mostly right and then ricky seems to have gotten it down and mm. a couple 3d printed parts and it needs to be revised because i changed that area just slightly to make it a little bit stronger and never updated the fixture the drill fixture yet so <laughs> <laughs> yeah now that i've sort of got a workflow there like the the printer was always a bit of a 
an unknown for me. Like I didn't have the slicer software set up and I'd never yeah. run it myself. So it was always like, oh, hey, Josh, can you print something for me? So now that John and I are both mm-hmm. set up with the slicer, I just love that workflow yep. from Fusion of like doing some dodgy little solid model and going bloop, 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 and it's on the printer within minutes. It's awesome. Yeah, for sure. It is that it feels like cheating because like the cam portion, especially and why I felt so interested in the Prusa coming from the lesser printer that we had so many problems with is I was like, all right, well, it's like cam where somebody's already proven it all for you. You know, like there's no testing. You don't have to deal with the post processor idea. It's just like they make their own slicer. They make their own. For the most part, that worked pretty well. We haven't made a ton of progress. We got in touch with somebody that Ricky seems more impressed by at Prusa to help with our issues. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is still. It could be Mm -hmm. things we've changed in the profiles of how it prints. I've been able to print a couple PLA parts. It seems the PETG is really the thing causing the issue. The PLA parts seem to be fine. I am on the 3D printing note. Dylan of Prodium and the Within Tolerance podcast immediately offered to try and print yeah. baby pants on his bamboo. And cool. this thing is sweet. It is, is it? so good. Probably the best finish of it I've ever seen. And it was just like one of the default profiles of that machine with a smaller nozzle than what we're using. It was almost an hour faster what? for better quality. Wow. So... Very tempting if I was in the, <laughs> if I had the time to think about, which I probably should think about more seriously to order one. I think they're currently out till like February back ordered, but oh, really? man, pretty ideal. So is that pitchy? For, yeah. For like yeah. no testing. He just, this is the first one he printed and it just was fine. <laughs> That's awesome. So, very tempting. I appreciated him doing that so quick and sending it over. Mm-hmm. Um, Gun. That's awesome. Sweet machines, it seems. I don't know a ton about them. That core XY tech, I don't know if you call it technology, but machine structure seems to be significantly faster movements. And it has some crazy first layer analysis capability through either LiDAR or its camera. So it prints the first layer and then can somehow adapt after that. I... It sounds like it would be like a $10,000 machine for those kind of things, but it's amazing what you get away with. with. Wow. How much are some, they? Some good coding. Uh, the 1200 US, I think. Yeah, right. They have up to 16 color change capability if you go crazy with upgrades what? on one of the versions, which for us, we're like, this thing needs to print one color. <laughs> like, yeah. we'll use something else to, you know, do other things. But just the amount we could, if we put a 0.6 nozzle on it, I don't even know. I bet we would get probably drop another close to an hour so we'd go from where we started was 10 or 12 hours per Mm. print to like two and a half maybe that's not it's just like insane awesome that's pretty tempting i would rather have our two printers work that we own yep fair point are they on pre-order at the moment yeah he said he ordered his a bit ago maybe a month or two and it only took two weeks but now i think there's a lot more interest and they're out till february right now yeah okay last i looked oh Oh, one other weird note, the Bamboo X1C, which is, I think, the one that Dylan has, can print carbon fiber, too, which is kind of cool, which is an interesting 
Like, mm. I don't know how well, but that's like what those Mark Forge do that are so expensive. So but it, it can do the inlay strand into the plastic. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think cool. so. I think that you just get filament that's that way. Um, yep. Sweet. Anyway. Good to know. Mm. What's, what's, what happened with Fusion lately? No, it's you. What's what keeps happening to you in Fusion? Oh. Just, what did I did I post something? No, no, no. It just occurred to me during the week. I was like, Justin has so many issues, all these weird post processor things. And it occurred to me to ask, are you running some like special club uh, beta version of? I don't. No, Fusion, no. I mean, this? I I do every once in a while. I have access to those, but I don't because of this kind of thing, right? That there's so many flipping problems already. It's been fine. I'll say since the last few weeks, couple weeks now, I've not had any major uh, snafus. Snafu. Love it. No. There you go. No major do snafus. Do I have a button for that? I need one. Not yet. Hmm. More durable. Hmm. I don't know. I can't say. I, I've, since I've been a part of this, like, little, little group with the tester slash advisory board for Fusion, I feel like... I kind of continuously find ways to crash Fusion in a way that a couple developers I'll message with are just like, nobody's, nobody has this issue but you, you know? And I'm like, how, am I, I'm not really like, it must be just how my brain works that I just break stuff accidentally all the time, but luckily nothing lately. It seems to be okay. It's been working fairly smoothly. That makes you a valuable resource on the, the beta testing team, I imagine, like. Justin keeps falling into told, these special buckets. Special, I fall in the special buckets. I'm told by people that do software that they should be paying me basically <laughs> to do this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I would love to be paid to break stuff. I'm already oh, doing yeah. it. Mm. It's kind of the dream job, right? But, Breaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. Donkey Kong or something. Break fusion, smash, smash. Speaking of breaking things, but breaking down the pencil sharpener the other day. And pulling off all my horrible attempts at cardboard and hot glue, dust collection and guarding thoughts and experiments. Kind yep. of stripped the machine back to its bare original condition and it's look it's so nice. Like I love the look of it mm. when it's, yeah, I know it's ex- exposed yeah. and the blade's sitting right there and the cutters are all fully exposed. So it like I'm definitely going to put this thing in just a an acrylic box, I think, with some yeah. in, internal lighting to kind of treat it like a mill. I was thinking maybe, about like maybe polycarbonate, considering <laughs> the flying cutters. Oh, yeah, maybe polycarb shop. Sure. Interrupted you? No, 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 that's a good point. I should definitely, yeah, go polycarb. No, I was just thinking about sort of chip management and like if I do box it in, it's really going to be become much more like a mill, as in. I think I'm going to have to build sort of like an angled trough and the yeah. trough at the bottom and some sort of like grate so that because often parts, little parts that we want fall or go flying. They're mm-hmm. not sort of collected. So I want them to sort of collect but be filtered out. I think I'll do the dust collection in the bottom like so the chips are all evacuated through yeah. the dust collection. All the heavy stuff falls yeah, down. Yeah, you did it. Some kind of angle. And the suction was at an angle, and then the parts could kind of roll. Oh, yeah, nice idea. Mm. Fall roll down over. into like a nails. But you, then you can't use your like nested bed of chips to to drop into so nicely. It's true. The bird's nest Got is a, pretty useful. A new bed. 
I'm sure I could put some. I'm still fine, the th- thing I'm most there. excited for is the the part or the the rod loader at some point to bring in new like pieces. They just like drop in from the top and the bar feeder. Yeah, I think a little UI robot would be perfect. Hmm. But first, every time he grabs, they grabs one. It has to do like a like a Ninja Turtle like spin around first. <laughs> I love the turtles. My favorite is Shredder. (laughs) Oh, that'd be fun. Mm. What, you've had breakthroughs. What are your breakthroughs? Can't remember. Teach me. I don't know if I've had any breakthroughs, but I had some clarity about around the ideas of breakthroughs this week and the concept of uncomfortable conversations and sort of treating them as physical training. So, you know, if you're trying to get stronger or you're working out and you do a workout and you don't feel anything, it's like, well, I'm mm-hmm. not doing much. Like, this is not going to benefit me very much. And so yeah. applying that logic to uncomfortable conversations of like, if you're not sort of actively seeking them out and making yourself uncomfortable in Ideally, in moderation, like training, like not doing it all the time, but like sort of going, right, I'm going to train this muscle of like having this awkward conversation or this difficult conversation. In theory, that trains the muscle to make you stronger, right? And Mm -hmm. so that was kind of my little breakthrough at the start of the week. Like, oh, I see. Maybe I can get better at this. Like, I've just got to actively train it. Yeah. I was was thinking about putting it. Makes a lot of sense time slot in my default diary which is kind of like prompts me to go go and seek them out like 30 minutes a day i don't know quite how this would work but like all right this is your allotted time slot for training now go and have those conversations now it's making me nervous just thinking about it but yeah man it kind of relates in a couple thoughts i think that's completely accurate in my experience i think it relates to therapy Mm. personal therapy and how to like process things that are hard or been difficult for you in life as well as like i think it's gonna get deep i think but guys men stereotype like stereotypically at least for myself anyway don't male presenting people don't process or communicate emotions very well i i'm that way especially to other male presenting Mm. people and i've found that one thing that's been really good for me challenge wise because we've only had that type of person to my sugar and i would like to have others in in the business i think it's really good to communicate that way to other people in like a in a good positive way like ricky right it's like i'm an example to get out of the weird language i'm trying to speak just saying like hey man i think you did a really good job this week i think you know you've been doing well at these things and i appreciate you know how you've been working that's not really a thing that was modeled well for me growing up like i wasn't told those kind of things so it's been really hard for me to get that to that place i think of just communicating in that way but it's also been really good because it makes for a, a better communication system like he's you know then starts to communicate that way to me yeah yeah and and it feels, it's just nice. It's kind of like, I wouldn't say it's like family necessarily. I don't think that's necessary in a business, but there's more truth and honesty because then you can also say the other things like, I'm, you know, I'm really struggling mm. with this. Can you help me more freely? So I don't know. Yeah. I think response. But I think, I think it relates to what you're saying. It's like those kind of things you have to train your brain to accept this as normal 
Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And just kind of kind of lubricates everything beyond that point, making it easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you say, to communicate about the harder things or the more difficult things as well. Something my coach has said a few times which has stuck with me is like there's no difficult conversations or there's no awkward conversations. There's just just conversation. And so like trying to retrain your brain not to associate certain types of conversations as hard because then you, you know, you preset sort of expectations around it. You just say it's just a conversation Mm -hmm. and try and keep it, you know, unemotional and rational and just, yeah, have the talk. About whatever whatever it is, that's a little naive, you mm. know. Like it's a, it's accurate, right? But who is like that? That's like that <laughs> mythical CEO person we talk about. Sometimes they've created themselves to be the money making machine that just makes decisions that's right for the business because they're you know not attached. <laughs> that's that's pretty hard. But I, I yeah. think it's an interesting concept. I think it's worth worth trying for. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. I've got forks to make. Oh. I've got a probe stand still. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's gone pretty well. We've got these nice little boxes. Since he's been through a couple of rounds of product design cycles now, he's now kind of leading packaging design for us. Look at how Ooh. sexy this looks. Oh, hello. So the risers. Individually boxed within the box. They're paper, but yeah. Okay, right, yep. Paper wrap. Paper and then find a box that fits those pretty nice. So we can kind of, there's six in there. And then we just have those ready to package, hopefully, and like ship, theoretically. You can take less out, put more packaging in if there's all these variations, of course. Yeah, yeah. And is that an off-the-shelf carton? You're not making those? Yep, yep. No, we we don't have a way to make anything that accurately. The drag knife never works that well. Yeah, pretty pretty cool. good. Um, it's been really nice. Uh, his growth and those kind of things is great to like. He got, you know he's always had some experience in packaging, but it was mostly like one off stuff. You know, like we need to ship this job, and now it's yeah. like, how do you make it repeatable? What's what's reliable? How do you make it unitized so that we don't have to have a unique box for each set of things? And it's mm. really been doing well with that. Yeah, we had our annual like planning like year and review and planning meeting yesterday with the whole team and mm. packaging was one of the things we chatted about it's like it's fantastic cutting our own but it does take quite a lot of machine time so if we were in a spot where we didn't have enough machine capacity that would be one of the first things that we'd have to look at outsourcing i think and we can definitely manage yeah. it better in terms of ensuring that it's cartons are done when the machine is quiet and not sure. like in the heat of the moment of like, oh, John, I don't have a box for this set of shelves. Can you quickly switch the machine over and cut me another one? So we've got a lot of room for improvement there, but it, it is quite slow. Like I cut packaging when I, when John was away recently and I was out there and I cut a set of cartons for a big set of shelves. It was probably like an hour and a half on the machine. Of like I forget how you're making those those packaging designs. You have a infusion. software for it, right? Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we made it. Ended up we got a subscription to some software for a little while. 
was about 150 oh, bucks yeah. a month, which was fine and kind of educated yeah. us on how to do it and like what tabs and stuff looked like. And then we ended up building our own parametric models in Fusion. Um, sure. We use now. Yeah, that knife system must be just like a game changer because there's a lot of things I would like to be able to do and we've designed laser cut packaging that's come out really well, but yeah. the the uh, drag knife is just not accurate enough in our, for the way that we've been able to use it. It kind of just always tends to be like a mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's hard. We could do so much more with it too. Like I've got ideas for like, you know, like you've got that beautiful little stack of nested parts. We could be much more clever with what we're doing in terms of how components go in boxes. Like we're still just like mm-hmm. make, making rectangles and putting yeah. parts in them. But you could, you know, really go to town with little folded impact protection zones and like have bits that hold yeah. parts snugly in and be cool. I be think cool Ricky pack. and I both like to do that, unfortunately. Mm. So we'll <laughs> he'll come up with like when we're doing the duck tower, he'd come up with some solution. I go, oh, what if we, and we just stand there and talk about that for way too long. But, you know, it makes, it, it really makes a big difference when you've got a product that you can hopefully keep shipping a lot of, and you've thought about it well at one point, and it's not something you have to keep worrying about, I guess, or like products get damaged or something in, in that process. Yeah. It's nice. Like we When we launched Keto version two in July, like we whipped up new carton sizes and we haven't fiddled with them since, like. They're not perfect. Could definitely be yeah. improved in terms of nesting and even just internal dimensions. But it's just like that thing. It's like, oh, it's working. Products aren't getting damaged. Mm-hmm. Let's just, you know, can you print me another mm-hmm. set of those, please? Yeah. Um, and we we're talking about like, how do we? There's so many little things in the business that we want to improve, like that. How do we culturally shift it so it's there's either it's more time in the week or it's okay to like stop and improve in the moment because mm. mm-hmm. um, it's just too easy to just keep rolling along and print the same thing again, machine the same part again. Yeah. How do, how do we shift the, yeah, it's tricky. It's, tricky. it's really hard to, to find that fine line and it's super driven by, from my experience, each person's sensibility because mm. I've always pushed everybody to improve as you go, you know, when it makes sense. But that's also subje- very subjective, very. right? Like in the heat of the moment, what are you doing? Why are you? Because I've had people, you know, past people that are like, feels like every day they're just improving instead of actually doing the work. And it's like, well, yeah. no, we've got to go the other way with it. But then some people, you know, go one way or the other so i think maybe if you have enough people it just averages out to ideal hopefully yeah but i doubt that's true that's a tricky one and i feel like it's it's intuitive for us to some extent as to where that line is but it can definitely be harder to communicate that to a team member depending on yeah it's not depending on where their baseline is what i what i think is really valuable i think if i i just realized what it's worked really well, and um, some people have been very receptive to this, some people haven't, but I think, and I don't know the right phrase, some lean phrase, that when you're watching somebody work, right, mm. I think if you can set that up as I'm not micromanaging you, I'm trying to help us all improve yep. this process, like one thing I noticed, which we laughed about later, was Ricky had put up a knack wall in our garage area 
because we had had one tested there and then like, I had all this crap laying around. He's like, I'm just going to put this up, solve this problem. I was like, sweet. He put the paper roll for packaging there because we have stuff kind of there. But then I noticed he would go walk the entire shop length basically to get paper. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he should move that a little closer, <laughs> you know, like, and, and instead of it's, it's a trust thing. I think in the end mm. that he knows that I'm not bitching about him wasting time that it's like he just didn't realize it and i i would hope that he would do the same back to me right like yeah why are you doing it this hard way and there's a trust that you have to create there that it's not micromanagement that i think is the biggest change capability there that sometimes you have to let people do that was one of the hardest things about hiring people was letting people do stuff the wrong way yeah right and unless it was going to be a really traumatic you know either an injury or something, but it's like, you kind of, you can't always correct everything or they'll never learn on their own. Right. Like, yeah. not that I do everything right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's micromanagement. If you just constantly, nope, 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 nope. You know? Yeah. Well, I think I've thought about this a lot. It's like you and I have made all the mistakes, right? And we're still <laughs> making more, but like we've like, yeah. we have politely uh-huh. everything like, at some point and so like we've learned so much from that and so yeah, yeah you do have to let other people make mistakes but also we're in a position of knowing like being able to preempt where issues will be with certain things so like you have to step in and yeah. gu- guide people as well yeah i've chatted about that with aaron in the past of like how do we get a team dynamic where it's just okay at any point to like walk up to someone and say like why are you doing it like that and, like you know friendly helpful way not a not, you know so people don't maybe you know, it's a code word yeah that's what we're basically what we're trying to come up with like there's a symbol like you do a hand gesture and it's like i'm coming to you in i come in peace <laughs> uh, lean hand symbols I, the one stupid code word i've always tried to make and i think my wife and i had some jokes about this for a while of like you're being an asshole you know like I need something to say to to break this, to basically try and make the other person laugh instead of continue the fight. <laughs> yeah. And the word that we, I, we stopped using this years ago, but tangerine was the word because it's so stupid. It was just like, <laughs> you just walk up to somebody and they're like working on the pencil sharpener, you're like tangerine. And they're like, oh, okay, I'll listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're, you're in peace. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> The way your face just gotcha. changed then, as you said, tangerine, I was thinking of like a sort of sleeper agent word. So you like, you train all your stuff to like react. <laughs> Hypn- you don't do hypnosis on day one? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't remember. What I you want to know your code word by next week. No, I already know yours now.